Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash, and you're listening to episode 56 of Chat Disney. another episode of the chat disney podcast this week we hope you're all ready because mercedes and i are going to take you through our top 10 funniest disney moments ever so this is definitely one that you want to stay tuned for but first let's have a look at what has been happening in the world of disney this week Some positive news from Shanghai Disneyland. This week, despite the park still being closed, they did put on a mini celebration to celebrate the 75th birthday of Chip and Dale. Uh, Chip and Dale were present at the celebration, of course, as well as Mickey and the gang and my pal Duffy and some of his pals. And they had some live music there being played by other cast members. Um, And despite having no guests, it looked like a very lovely celebration. Oh, that is nice to hear. It sounds like things are on the up in Shanghai, which is really good to hear. Now, Tash and I do promise to keep the Chat Disney podcast a completely COVID-19 free space, and we will continue to do that. But a little bit of news this week is that Bob Chapek, the current CEO of the Walt Disney Company, has announced he's taking a 50% pay cut to help support the company through these difficult times. This will only affect his base salary. So any shares and things like that he has will not be affected, although I can't imagine they're performing particularly well right now. And Bob Iger, Uh, the legend himself has actually decided not to take a salary from the company during this time. Again, this only applies to his base salary, but I am sure with him being worth millions of dollars, this is going to make a really big impact on the company. And there's lots of other senior members of the leadership team at Walt Disney that are following suit and also taking 50% pay cuts as well. Yeah, I think this is a very, very good move for Disney to have decided to do this. Um, This week as well, Disney also announced some new dates for some of their big summer releases. Um, We already know that Mulan has been pushed back. It was meant to be released in March. Um, That is now going to be released in July, so we only have a few more months to wait. Um, It is unfortunately taking the release date of the Jungle River Cruise, um, which was set to be released in July. This is now being pushed back to next year. So next summer we can expect that. Um, Last week as well, we spoke a little bit about Black Widow and rumours that it was going to be released digitally. Disney have now announced that this will be released in November at the cinema instead. So lots to look forward to, especially next year with lots of big releases now. Awesome. It's a little bit disappointing to hear we're not going to have any new content. I was kind of hoping they'd put all of these big theatrical releases on Disney Plus, but at least we have something to look forward to once this period of chaos is over. And final bit of news as well. If you are in the US, you can enjoy both Frozen 2 and Onward on Disney Plus right now. For those of you in the UK, like Tash and I, we're going to have to wait till the end of the month for Onward, which is a little bit disappointing. I was hoping that we would get that this week also. And for Frozen 2, we are going to have to wait until autumn. This is because of legalities around licensing. And I believe Sky currently have the exclusivity rights for Frozen 2. But have no fear, you can now purchase Frozen 2 digitally and on Blu-ray and DVD. So if you want to get your hands on a copy of that movie, you can now do, do so all over the world. And that's your news for this week. We're now going to head into the main part of the episode, 
We all love a laugh. So here are our top 10 funniest Disney moments. So for those of you who have tuned into the last couple of episodes, um, two weeks ago, we took you through our saddest Disney moments. Last week, we did our most iconic Disney moments. And we thought, you know, kind of fitting with everything that's going on at the moment, it's not the best of times for a lot of people. We thought, why not give everyone a bit of a giggle on a Monday morning and take everyone through our funniest Disney moments. And there are some absolute howlers in there. So let's get straight into it. Mercedes, what is in your 10th place. Now, I'm a little bit nervous to kind of run through this list because I think that laughing and humor is so subjective and so many different people have different things that make them laugh. So I've probably got some real random ones in here that our listeners will think, you know, that's really not that, that funny. But for me personally, I'm all about the visual gag. So in 10th spot, I have got a moment from the Aristocats and it's the moment where Charles has gone to visit Madame, whatever she's called, Bovier. We always forget her name. It's like a chat Disney tradition that we don't remember the character's name. But anyway, he's come to, to visit her to get her affairs in order to help with her state and her will and things like that. And he's struggling to get up the stairs. So Edgar, the butler, volunteers his services to help him. And the two of them get into an awful mess. There's chaos, there's luggage flying everywhere. I think at one point, Edgar kind of grips onto Charles's, um, what are they called? Braces. It's hilarious. There's pants on show. There's old men flying all over the place. It's a real traditional kind of Disney gag. I completely forgot about that moment until you mentioned it. And yeah, that is proper classic comedy at its best, I think. I mean, I think he is an underrated comical character anyway, isn't there? That bit where he puts his glasses on and his eyes are like magnified by like 10 times, which always makes me laugh as well. So yeah, a great underrated one, I'd say there. I think so too. What have you got in 10th for us, Tash? So in my 10th place, I have got a scene from Peter Pan um, and it does involve old Hook himself and it is the scene where Smee is tending to Hook. So if you can visualise, it's the moment where Hook is sat there with his feet in the bucket, he's got that hot water bottle strapped to his head and I just love seeing, I mean, Hook is a pantomime villain, he is comedy, I think, through and through um, but I love that bit, just seeing, you know, someone who's meant to be kind of this hardcore evil villain sitting there looking, quite frankly, ridiculous um, and then he gets up and Smee is kind of hammering away and he opens the door and then Smee accidentally hammers Hook over the head and then he stumbles back into the chair still with that hot water bottle and then he's having his temperature taken and he's got that glazed look in his eye um, and I, I like the fact that Disney do that with a villain um, there's a couple of other villains that they do it with well kind of bring out the comical side with but I think Hook is definitely a key one that they do that with and I love kind of seeing that evil side to him, but then he is just such a funny character as well. And there's just something about that scene with that kind of glazed look on his eye. You've got Smee there still pouring the water in on his feet and his temperature's going up. I just love it. Yeah, I think that's a great moment. There's also that moment between Hook and Smee where Smee is meant to be giving Hook a shave and a seagull lands on his 
head and then Smee gets stuck under the chair and Hook's kind of like bouncing along. I think the pair of them are, yeah, classic comedy gold. They remind me a little bit of like Basil Fawlty and Manuel almost. They have that kind of relationship. Oh my God, and, um, I've never thought about it like that before, but that is that is literally who they are, are spot on. Yeah, yeah. It's that same, it's, it's a very slapstick kind of visual humour, which I absolutely love. I love it so much that Hook makes another appearance on this list. So we'll get to that soon. But for now, uh, in my ninth spot, I have got something a little bit more contemporary. This is from Finding Nemo, the Disney Pixar classic. And it's the seagulls and the whole mine sequence. And I think that the way that the clever animators at Pixar use the noise of the seagull, that kind of you know, Tash and I live in Brighton. We we know that sound very, very well. And they turn that into something slightly different. We know that seagulls like to steal things. Um, do you remember that time um, I had, was it a prawn sandwich or something I had at yes. high school? Yep. And a seagull like swooped in and stole it. And I think that, you know, the best kind of comedians out there are researchers and they observe everyday humor. And observational comedy, for me, is the absolute funniest of all. And that's what the team at Pixar do so cleverly here. They recognize that seagulls are thieves and they steal things. And they make this awful ah, 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 noise. And they combine the two to create mine, 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 mine. And it's hilarious the first time I saw that Tasha and I actually saw this film at the cinema together we were in absolute stitches and Pixar don't stop there we see it again in Finding Dory with the sea lions going off 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 or whatever it is like it, it doesn't sound like that it's more like how does a seagull a uh, sea lion sound I think it is like that it's like off off yeah. off, off. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, again, it's this really clever observational comedy that I think is so clever. Definitely. And so simple as well. It's literally one word, one line, but it's become so iconic, hasn't it? Like anyone, you know, you see a seagull and all you have to say is mine and everyone knows what you're referring to. So yeah, brilliant. Genius Minds at Pixar bringing us comedy. Absolutely. What do you have in number nine, Tash? So I'm going to go way, way back here. Um, and I've got a scene from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So I've got the scene where Dopey eats the soap. So originally when I was thinking about this list, um, my mind kind of first went to Pixar because, I've, you know, Pixar, obvious, lots of funny moments. And some of the more modern Disney films as well. I kind of neglected a lot of the early Disney work. And then I was actually thinking about it. And I was actually, no, there is some really funny moments in those classic Disney films. And especially Snow White. I know that crops up again on, on this list in points. But that scene where Dopey eats the soap, I mean, arguably Dopey is the most comical of the dwarves anyway. I think him and Grumpy both are. Um, but Dopey, what I love about him, it is all physical comedy. You know, he doesn't speak. It's all about facial expression and the way that he moves. And that scene is so simple, but so effective in getting a laugh. I mean, it's classic slapstick, really. Um, but yeah, it's just funnier because he can't talk and it is all about, you know, his movement and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's why it's on my list yeah that whole scene is excellent that Snow White's obviously told the dwarves they need to wash before dinner they've got their filthy hands um Dopey like walks into a door on his way out to the bath and then they have that scrub dub dub get in the tub song and while this is happening with Dopey and the soap 
the other dwarves are wrestling Grumpy and trying to wash him. And I know there's a line where they say, oh, he smells like a petunia. And I always really <laughs> like that line as well. And I agree. I mean, as you said, Snow White is not a stranger on this list. It does creep up a few more times. But yeah, Dopey is um, real comedy gold and definitely worthy of this list. Absolutely. So Mercedes, what have you got next for us? Funnily enough, I've got another dopey classic scene. So I've got the moment where the dwarves first arrive back at the cottage. Snow White's obviously cleaned the house and spooked them. And she's asleep up in the bedroom and the dwarves kind of pull straws on who's going to go up to the bedroom and see what's going on. And it's dopey, you know, send the one that can't talk. That makes perfect sense. He comes running back down. He's all a fluster. And obviously the dwarves are really questioning him. You know, what is it? What did it? And he's, he's nodding and shaking his head and he sticks out his two little fingers to create antennas and like sticks his tongue out and like moves it to create like a monster impression they're like it's a monster and he's he's nodding and then they say what's it doing and he very peacefully starts to snore he rests his hands by his face to do like a sleeping action and again like it's not you know, the first moment that many people will think of when they think of like a funny Disney scene, but the way that those dwarves interact and, you know, there's a few little things. You mentioned Grumpy, you mentioned Dopey. They're obviously classic comedy, but also Doc, he, you know, he gets his sentences all muddled. He's trying to say nook and cranny and he says like hook and fanny or something ridiculous. Like it's it's so funny. If if you don't think Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is funny, please I implore you go back and watch that movie. Yeah, I again completely agree. I think you put that very, very well. That is another great scene and arguably overlooked by a lot of people, I think. So um yeah, another great one to to have on your list. I just love the chaos that that bit brings. Yeah, that's it. It's absolute chaos. And that's why I love the dwarves. It's so funny. Everyone's getting up in everybody else's business. Hilarious. Definitely. So next up on my list, I've got a bit more of a modern one. um, And it is from Tangled. And it is the scene with Maximus versus Flynn on the bridge, um, just after the dam scene. I love the relationship between Maximus and Flynn anyway. I love that they're kind of constantly bickering in the background. And, you know, you've got Pascal there kind of keeping them an eye on them, giving them daggers. And when Rapunzel's back is turned, you know, Maximus will just punch Flynn in the face or whatever. I love that. I think that the way that they've kind of written in that conflict between the two and brought, brought such comedy to it is excellent. But that bit on the bridge for me is kind of where it peaks. I love that. I mean, you've got Flynn there with saucepan, um, which is, you know, hilarious anyway. It's such a comedy tool, I think, for, for a weapon. Um, and then you've got the, the saucepan flies off the bridge and then you've got that great line, you ought to know this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. Love that, hilarious. Um, and then the bit that just kills me about that bit is where he's kind of standing there, he's lost his saucepan, weaponless. And then Rapunzel just lassoes out her hair and grabs Flynn by the arm and he does that like comedy fall and then Maximus is just there staring after him just brilliant I just think that whole bit's hilarious and then he goes flying and he's getting all cocky and then he slams into the rock just laugh after laugh that bit for me yeah, I agree. I think you're right. The relationship between Flynn and Maximus is excellent. I love the scene where they first meet as well. And Flynn kind of knocks off the guard and he's galloping. And, you know, we're used to seeing that kind of moment in a Disney classic. But what we're not used to seeing is when Maximus kind of, you know, he's galloping happily, he's doing his job. And then he notices Flynn, he clocks Flynn and he stops all of a sudden. 
like, hang on a second, no, you're the bad guy. And I love that he still recognizes that even though his guard has gone, he is there to serve the palace. Flynn is the bad guy and he needs to get him. And that's what's brilliant. And that's why I think that moment works so well, because it's a, a twist on a, a traditional convention. Like the horse suddenly becomes the palace guard himself. And I love that. Absolutely. And I love that they've kind of made him very dog-like, you know, like he does pant, he wags his tail. Brilliant. Yeah. Very clever. Cool. So number seven, I've gone for a more contemporary moment also. This is another moment from Pixar. I think what's really come out actually from the last few episodes episodes while we've been doing these sort of different emotions, sadness, iconic, feel good, and today funny is that Pixar really have a way with emotion. And I think that really, really stands out as we've gone through these lists. So I've got something from Pixar's first ever feature length movie, the 1995 smash hit Toy Story. And it is the moment in Pizza Planet with the claw. Now this moment I think is so classic, iconic. It could have been in last week's moment, but at its heart, it is a comedic moment. So we're getting to know all of these different characters. We're getting to know their different personalities. We've got characters like Woody who are very aware that they are toys. And then we've got characters like Buzz who believe they really are a superhero. And then that goes one step further with these cute plushy aliens that are available to win at Pizza Planet. They believe that the claw the mechanical device, which basically just comes down and grabs a toy. We've seen it all in the arcade. They believe the claw is a godlike figure that they pray to and sort of serve, serve, I guess. And he controls their fate ultimately. And there's that brilliant line where one of the aliens says, the claw chooses who will go and who will stay. And Woody says, this is ludicrous. It's brilliant. Again, seeing this polarizing feeling within Woody where, you know, he wants to do the right thing and he wants to get back to Andy. But at the same time, he's like, I am surrounded by actual idiots. That is just brilliant. I think we all really connect to Woody. And I think actually we've spoken about this before, especially when we spoke about Toy Story 4 in our review, the Woody we see in that original movie and the Woody we see now are very different characters. That Woody was very bitter, very negative, um, quite selfish as well. But I think that just adds to the comedy even more. Definitely, yeah. He's so uptight in that early film, isn't he? Which I completely agree. That is why he's so funny. He's got some great one-liners in there, some great sarcastic lines and yeah, a classic comedy character, I would say, in that first film. Definitely. Uh, what have you got for number six, Tash? So I'm going really up to date here. I'm going to try and keep it spoiler free because I know there's many people out there who may have not seen it yet, but I've got a scene from Onward. Um, and I've got the scene where Wilden Lightfoot, who is the dad, um, is first revealed where he is just his legs and then he's got a makeshift body. And I'll kind of leave it there. I think we may see it in the trailer, so you may know what I'm talking about anywhere. Oh. I think we do see it in the trailer. Um, but it's that scene where um, Ian's made him a body with a jacket and he's got, I don't know what's there for the face, but he's got a hood and then a hat and he's got these glasses. And it's just hilarious seeing him like that. And again, it is all about the physical comedy, the way that he moves. They attach this lead to his waist. They drag him around like a dog and he's kind of stumbling and bumbling around, crashing into things. Um, and he is just a pair of legs at the end of the day. And I just think it's absolutely brilliant there. Again, this is kind of keeping it spoiler free. There's a brilliant dance scene in that film um, where he gets involved and it's just, again, absolutely hilarious. Um, so yeah, 
when you do get the chance to see Onward, if you haven't already, do check it out. And I hope you agree with me. Absolutely. And I think for those of you that haven't seen Onward, as Tash mentioned, the scene she's talking about where they create a sort of upper torso, that is definitely in the trailer. So go check that one out. We're looking for the extended trailer on YouTube. Alternatively, there's a great show that's just been added to Disney+. Plus. This is available in the UK as well. It's called Insider. And each episode focuses on something up and coming from the Walt Disney Company. And episode two, I believe... No, episode one, episode two, I think it's about Mulan. It doesn't matter. One of the episodes looks at Onward and there's a really great scene where they show the Pixar animators with a green screen T-shirt and face and trousers and smart shoes. And the reason why is because they're trying to work out the physicality of, okay, how's this character that is just a pair of legs going to move? How's he going to convey emotion? How's he going to interact? And it's really funny, actually, to watch the the Pixar animators have a play with this green screen and kind of figure out the different emotions. So definitely watch that. It's called The Insider. I think it's episode one. I think episode two is about Mulan. But hey, just watch them both. Mulan's interesting too. Oh, that sounds amazing. Insider is on my Disney Play, Disney Plus list, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So um, I didn't actually realise that what, that is what it was about. So I will definitely be checking that one out maybe later today. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like on Disney Channel when they used to have those featurettes, those sort of like 10 minute featurettes. So they'd be like, we're here at the Walt Disney Studios looking at the latest movie, Toy Story 2. And you'd have some annoying like twink sort of presenting but it's it's more sophisticated than that so I'm sure you'll enjoy it Tash. Excellent so Mercedes what have you got next? So for number six I have got another contemporary Disney movie this is from Zootopia and Zootopia is full of you know really clever nuances we've got that line from Chief Bogo where he talks about letting it go a reference to Frozen we also notice that instead of having an Apple iPhone Judy Hopps has a carrot iPhone very clever so there's lots of kind of little nods and easter eggs and things within this movie but I think we can all agree that the most comedic moment to come out of that movie is of course the sloths at the DVLA we're introduced to Flash who through the magic of animation, the animators have just made sure that every moment he does is kind of a second delayed, um, that, you know, his his voice kind of doesn't quite match up with the mouth movement as well. And it just creates this fantastic character. And then, of course, he introduces us to his colleague Priscilla, a female version, who also gives us this fantastic slow kind of yes flash brilliant scene if you haven't seen Zootopia I'm sure you still know about this scene because it was kind of the main thing that Disney pushed in the trailer excellent really different from Disney never really seen anything like that and I found it very funny yeah I completely agree with you again that is definitely deserving of a spot in in this list and what I love about that scene is you've got Judy there who is getting increasingly frustrated and you can totally relate to it because you know anything where you have to go and get paperwork done and anything you know bureaucratic is is frustrating and then you've got Nick there kind of who absolutely knows what's going on you know he's completely pushing her um yeah I think that kind of mix up of the two and then you've got Flash there is it's just brilliant staging absolutely and uh, you know like we were saying with Woody you've hit the nail on the head there it's it's the juxtaposition between this character getting irate and getting frustrated with another character that they kind of think is an idiot and that's what's what's funny and actually when you watch that scene again after watching it for the first time I kind of find myself feeling a bit like Judy like okay yeah we've seen this come on keep it moving so it, it just works it's it's, it's brilliant 
Absolutely. So next up on my list, I've got another um, new one. So it is from Frozen 2 and I've got Olaf's Frozen Summary. Um, I think this bit is absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's a great dramatic retelling of the first Frozen film. Um, so, you know, very useful to the story, to storytelling anyway, if you're not too familiar with Frozen. Um, but just the way that he runs through absolutely every element of that film is comedy gold. I mean, Olaf is a very comical character anyway, but the way he kind of recounts the events, I mean, there's the bit where he's kind of like skipping around, you know, mimicking Let It Go, the bit where he's kind of covered in like moss and he's mimicking the trolls. So many great bits from that. Um, and I love how invested the Northumbral people are getting in it, and, you know, really invested in the story of Elsa and Anna. And it's quite dark as well. I mean, there's that bit where he's like talking about the parents, and then he just turns and he's like, the parents are dead. And it's really quite dark humour and it's quite shocking. I remember that bit in the cinema actually made me burst out laughing because I just wasn't expecting it. So yeah, I think it's quite a, it's again, it's quite a new thing. We've not kind of seen this kind of dramatic retelling and they do play on it again. Um, at the end of the film, he goes through and does a similar sort of thing with Frozen 2. And yeah, just think it's very, very clever. I still haven't actually watched that moment at the end with Frozen 2 and I've got the Blu-ray sitting here so I'll have to check that out once we finished recording this episode but yeah I completely agree if you haven't yet had a listen of our Frozen 2 review you can go back and listen to that episode because I think there's so many moments in that movie that Tasha and I were bursting out laughing at it is such a good film it's so funny so definitely go back and listen to that review I think that if Frozen showed like the comedic talents of Josh Gad, then this just solidified it even further. I, I personally think Frozen 2 is a lot funnier than the first movie. Oh, I 100% completely agree with you there. Great. So we're moving into the top five. Very exciting. Yes. So I kind of alluded to the fact that we'd be seeing our old friend Hook again on this list. And here he is in fifth place. So I have got the moment where Hook and TikTok have a bit of a face-off. Now, I completely agree with everything that Tash has said about Captain Hook. He's your classic kind of, um, I was going to say vivacious. I'm not sure that's the right word. What am I, What kind of word am I looking for? He's a bit of a drama queen, old Hook, isn't he? I always think. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess he's quite eccentric. He's quite, um, I know the word I'm looking for and it's not coming to me today. Like, I, I want to say, like, effeminate. That flamboyant is yeah. the word. Yeah. He's a flamboyant villain. He wears a red long coat, for goodness sake. And he could not show more of that flamboyant drama queen attitude in this moment with TikTok. He's trying to get away from the crocodile. The crocodile's kind of demolished half of his clothing. He's got his love heart boxer pants, which are very classic kind of cartoon trope. And then, of course, he's screaming, Smee, help me. It's hilarious. And he's running and he's running and there's that bloody alarm clock and everything just feels very very stressful. He kind of hits his head on the cave and he, you can see he's getting more and more distressed. And I think we've said it before on this podcast, but I do feel sorry for Captain Hook. Like all we know about the backstory, okay, yes, he's trying to kill Peter Pan, a small child, but Peter did feed Hook's hand to the crocodile. Like that is pretty dark. And, you know, he's got this deadly fear of this crocodile and there he is he finds himself in the ocean with him trying to frantically scramble away and he's it's just it's it's really funny as you're saying all that I can literally you said that so well 
I can picture that scene like word for word, like the bit where he bashes into the cave and then he's doing that run on the water. It is absolutely hilarious. And he, yeah, he definitely is one of my funniest favourite villains. I mean, I've voiced on this podcast before about how I do find Peter quite irritating. Um, and I think, you know, Hook does have a fair motive for wanting to get his revenge on Peter. So yeah, but this is another another brilliant scene. Oh, I agree. I yeah, Hook is <laughs> Hook is maybe one of the funniest characters, I would say. Absolutely. So next up on my list, I have got a scene from Mulan and it does involve our lovely little dragon Mushu. Um, again, Mushu, arguably one of the funniest Disney characters ever written and um, voiced by Eddie Murphy, who obviously is a big comedic actor, um, depending on you know what you find funny. Um, he's been in some flops, I would say as well, but there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mushu has a lot of one-liners throughout this film. There's so many scenes where he brings comedy to it that there's, it's almost too much to go into. But for me, the absolute <laughs> funniest bit of this whole film, and it's such a tiny bit, is just after they've had the avalanche and they've covered all the Huns in snow. And it's that bit where he's sliding down the mountain. I think, is he on a helmet or a shield or something? And he's, you know, he's shouting, Milan, Milan. And then he sees the little hair sticking out of the no, and he's like Milan, and he picks it up, and it's one of the Huns who is clearly still alive, and starts growling at him, and he's just like, nope, and puts him back in the snow, and that bit just kills me every single time. Like the way that he picks him up, the way he puts him back, the reaction to it, and obviously, you know, the Huns; these are quite serious, scary villains. We don't get a lot of comedy from them, so this moment that does bring that out, I just find it absolutely hilarious. It really gets me every time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it kind of makes a somewhat serious, intense scene a little bit more family friendly. And I think Disney are really good at doing that, these kind of lighthearted moments um, in, you know, that's that's quite a distressing scene, that avalanche scene. It's, you know, visually it, it looks really realistic. And I can imagine a lot of children kind of being afraid. So Mushu definitely gives some lighthearted comic relief in that moment. I think I was having a real big whine about Eddie Murphy a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Haunted Mansion. Don't see that film if you were thinking, oh, not seen that. Sounds good. It's not. Um, but I have to say, I think Eddie Murphy as Mushu, there's never been a better match made. I, I think he's fantastic as Mushu and, and, and uh, so funny. I've got him in a moment's time. Oh, OK. Is he next up on your list? He's not quite, no. First, uh, just to ruin the flow, you know, that would have been perfectly timed otherwise. I've got a moment from Hercules and we were talking about funny villains and I think there are no other funnier villains than Hades. He's my favourite Disney villain of all time, purely down to his wit and his brilliant one-liners. And there are so many that I could mention, but I think the moment that I find the funniest from that movie. And it's in a similar vein to what Tash and I have been discussing with this kind of juxtapositioning between the clown cartoon-like character and then this character that's getting irate and frustrated with their, basically them being an imbecile. And we've had that fantastic moment in Hercules, that zero to hero montage sequence. You know, Herc is really famous. He puts the glad and gladiator Hercules. Fantastic. Everyone's celebrating him all over Athens. And then we cut to Hades. And Payne is standing there wearing the kind of Herc airs or whatever they're called, the Hercules sandals. And Hades is like, 
we've done all of these things, blah, 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 blah. And you are wearing his merchandise and he erupts into flames and Payne looks terrified and he's just about to attack. And they're interrupted by a slurp. And Hades is still kind of flaming and in this angry position and Payne is still looking terrified. But together, the two of them just very slowly kind of rotate their head to the side to see what's making this slurping sound. And it is, of course, panic, holding the Herculade fizzy pop drink. And he kind of looks at Hades and nervously goes, (laughs) thirsty. And then, of course, the camera pans away and we just see Hades erupt in this big burst of smoke and we can only imagine the kind of punishment that pain and panic got for their absolute idiotic behavior they're purchasing hercules flip-flops and a drink i don't know yeah i think that's a great moment to have and again so many funny one-liners from from hades and pain and panic i think kind of the juxtaposition of the three of them so you've got pain and panic who are kind of the sidekicks but they are just bumbling idiots really aren't they and then hades and again he is you know he's this dark underlord he's terrifying but he's just so funny as well and i do love as we said with hook as well i love when disney do that i love when disney kind of make a villain likable and because then you think about someone like I don't know, like Scar or someone like Maleficent, not so likable, but the comedy for these villains does make them really, I don't know, it just, it makes you want to see them more. And actually I'd say Hades out of any character in Hercules is probably my favourite. I would love to see more of Hades. Yeah, I think that, you know, we talk about Hercules a lot being quite an underrated movie and you've got those kind of three Renaissance movies that are really chucked in the middle there, Mulan, Hercules and Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I personally think all three of those movies are really underrated. And I think that with regards to Hercules, I think it's got some of my favorite Disney characters of all time. I think that Phil is really funny as well, played by the brilliant Danny DeVito. I love Meg. I think Meg is a really different kind of female character from anything we've ever seen before. And I actually think Hercules is quite endearing, quite sweet, quite charismatic. And again, very different from any of the other Disney heroes. So I think that it's just a brilliant cast. But yeah, Hades is just kind of the cherry on top of an otherwise perfect cake. Absolutely. Very nicely put. So next up on my list in spot number four, um, I'm going back to Frozen 2 again, and I have got the Lost in the Woods sequence. Um, So obviously, before Frozen 2 was released, we were very excited to hear that Kristoff was finally getting his own song, um, obviously voiced by Jonathan Groff. You know, he's got a beautiful voice, so such a shame that he missed that opportunity in the first movie. So something that really sort of got people talking before we saw Frozen 2. Um, and then I remember they released the soundtrack and I didn't listen to it, but I know you did Mercedes and you were like, oh, this is like 80s power ballad number on there. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember when we went to see it at the cinema and you kind of get the introducing bars of that song with that electric guitar, you have that soft focus. It is your proper classic 80s power ballad parody. Um, and I remember we were absolutely in fits. I don't think many other people in the cinema were, but everything about this bit is so funny. The way they do the split screen, the way you've got Sven there kind of as a backing singer and all the other reindeers, um, the play on Bohemian Rhapsody, so much comedy from this. Um, 
I think the only thing that I would say is I don't know if this is the sort of thing that will date eventually. Um, and it probably to some people, maybe, you know, if you're not familiar with the 80s um, or, you know, if you're a younger member of the audience, you might just see it as being incredibly random and incredibly out of place because it is. I mean, even that soundtrack, that song, sorry, on the soundtrack is completely out of place compared to everything else. And that scene I love that they've put it in for the comedy value, but it doesn't really make sense in terms of the story and everything, but it's still a classic, hilarious moment for me. I couldn't agree more. It's one of my most favorite, it's probably my favorite moment from any of the Frozen movies. And as you said, I did listen to the soundtrack before I went to see the movie and I kind of thought, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I hearing 80s power ballad and that's not what they're going for because that doesn't seem like a very traditional kind of Disney trope I've never seen anything like that and the way that they do it it, it, it kind of reminds me of in um, Into the Woods the the classic musical um, which Disney have of course done a adaptation of uh, the moment with the two different princes um, I can't remember the name of the song now it's going to drive me mad um, I know the one you mean it's that agony one isn't it Agony, that's it. Agony. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it reminds me of that. Like, it's very tongue in cheek. It's definitely meant to be an 80s power ballad. As Tash said, you've got homages in there to some classic um, rock and roll kind of music videos with the Bohemian Rhapsody, the four heads, obviously, Christoph and the three reindeers. Excellent. I love as well the intro because before we even get into Into the Woods, we've got that little um repetition of reindeers are better than people and then there's that kind of glittery facade that goes over Sven's face and he actually is talking in Kristoff's voice we get to see the movement of the mouth which we've never seen before so straight away we know that whatever's coming next is going to be this kind of dreamlike state which plays perfectly for this 80s power ballad I love the flashbacks to the original movie we get to see the moment where Kristoff and Anna first meet at Oaken's it is it's brilliant. I could talk about it all day. I think it's fantastic. I do also worry it dates. I don't worry about how it resonates with younger audiences. I spoke to my sister, she's 19, and she got it straight away. She found it as funny as we do. So I, I, I think that the intent is kind of very clear, and I think that people will know like what they're getting at. I don't worry so much about that anymore, but I, I do agree. I, I'd be interested to see what we think of this scene in, in 10, 15 years' time. Absolutely. Okay, getting into the top three, Mercedes, what do you have in your bronze position? So the bronze medal this week goes to another classic moment from Mulan. I did say that I thought it was one of the most underrated movies. And I've got the moment where Mushu and Mulan first meet. So Mushu's kind of had this battle with the ancestors. He's kind of begged and pleaded with them to let him go. And they say, no, we're going to take the great stone dragon. Mushu's like, okay, yeah, I'll wake the dragon. He does, of course, break the statue, gets himself into a pickle, and then pretends to be him and goes on his way to prove himself worthy to the far family ancestors. He then, of course, rocks up in Mulan's world and it's just chaos and comedy from there. It's so funny. Mulan's very shocked by his appearance and she says, you know, they sent a lizard and he's like, hey, dragon, I don't do that stupid tongue thing. And then he does his weird little tongue thing um, that lizards are meant to do. And then, of course, there's that line about, you know, I'm worried I'm you know, I shouldn't do this. Mulan's kind of in turmoil. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I should go back home. And Mushu's like, no, otherwise you're going to bring dishonor on your family, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow, 
again, very classic Disney line, very funny. And even the way that Mushi presents himself to Mulan before she actually sees his real form, he kind of has the smoke and stuff. And um, the cricket's helping him, isn't he, to create this large, he's like the indestructible Mushu. And then he obviously, yeah, is not really big. And it's just really funny. I love it. I think Mushu's brilliant. And I love the meeting of these two characters. Definitely. I think that is also a very funny moment. And I love that he kind of, you know, takes Cricket under his wing and kind of forces him to do all this stuff. You've got Cricket there, right? Kind of like making the smoke. Um, And that is just an absolutely brilliant part. I love that kind of how he paints himself out to be and how he how he depicts himself really when he is just this tiny little lizard but yeah Mushu is definitely one of the funniest characters and just thinking about Mulan I mean this moment is not on my list and it's not to do with Mushu either but I also love the grandma in that film um, and especially that bit at the end where Shang goes to see Mulan she's like would you like to stay for dinner and then you've got the grandma would you like to stay forever there's just so many brilliant one-liners in that film that again I think it is overlooked as a bit of a comedy film sometimes apart from Mushu um but yeah lots of funny moments there absolutely yeah she's another fantastic character in that film so who have you got in third for us Tash so in third place I couldn't have this list without him because he is one of my favoriteest Disney characters anyway it is of course Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc um, and again so many funny moments I rewatched Monsters Inc last week and literally every single line the way that that character obviously voiced by Billy Crystal does it it's the voice it's the way he just looks with that one blinking eye the sarcasm that comes out of him he is just an absolutely brilliant written character um, but for me kind of the pinnacle is the put that thing back where it came from also helped me the musical um I love that you've got Mike there at the end kind of taking it really seriously while the set falls apart around him and Sally's not really sure what's going on you know he's very much looking to Mike and copying him you've got brilliant audience reactions you've got Mike's mum in the audience which is hilarious and I just think it's brilliant writing I love that you know that bit is kind of first introduced when they're trying to get Boo back in her door Um, and you know Mike is just literally saying Sally put that thing back where it came from or so help me and then you've got everyone on the scare floor turning around and they're like oh hey yeah we're recording a scene for the upcoming company play um and I think that they then play on that at the end in the credits is just brilliant I think it's very clever writing I'd be intrigued to know if that was kind of intended from the beginning or if that was kind of something that happened by accident if one of the writers was like hey we can play on this and use this later um I just think it's absolutely perfect and I kind of really miss that Pixar don't really tend to do that anymore I used to love when they used to have the outtakes um at the end of you know the Toy Story films and they did used to have kind of little scenes at the end and it's something that I feel that they've stopped doing for a while I can't remember the last film that they did it with um but yeah it was always just like a nice little bit of extra comedy and I feel like you really get your money's worth with put that thing back where it came from also helped me yeah, definitely. And there's a couple of other little nods to it as well. There's that moment when he's like, she's out of our hair. And there's also, isn't there a bit where another monster is like, oh, they're doing the company musical. Yeah, that's that bit. If someone goes past, yeah, someone walks past them and they're like, oh, maybe it's Randall. And he's like, what's going on? And then that guy's like, they're rehearsing a scene for the company play. Yeah, brilliant. And I just love the songs that they put into it as well. You know, it's just so much wit in that whole sequence. Absolutely, yes. So, Mercedes, what are you giving your silver medal to? 
So the next moment that I've got in my second position, I think most of our listeners will think I've completely lost it and gone cuckoo. Perhaps I have, but I had to have this in there. So the moment that I have got is from a classic Disney princess movie from the silver age. It is from Sleeping Beauty. Now you might think of Sleeping Beauty and not think it's an especially funny film, but it has got one of my absolute favorite moments. Now my mum listens to this podcast every week and she's going to be in stitches because I know that this makes her laugh just as much as it does me. We've got King Stefan and King Hubert, I believe he's called, Philip and Aurora's fathers. And they're having a discussion by the buffet table. There's all this lovely banquet food. And they're talking about how the daughters and sons aren't good enough for one another. And they start having this ridiculous row and they start getting physical with each other. King Hubert picks up a large fish. It looks like a salmon or a tuna or something and starts swashbuckling with this fish. And then he sort of looks at it and the two of them just fall about laughing. And King Hubert goes, and that tickles me as well. And I just love it. It's real old school, traditional gag, Disney humor. I think it's hilarious. I know most people are probably really shocked this is even on here, but for me it is the second funniest Disney moment of all time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that's on, on your list. I know that you find that bit really funny. And I think that is proper, like, that is absolutely your humour. Um, and it is so simple. I think at Disney are best when they do do that kind of simple gag. And yeah, that bit is just absolutely hysterical. You know, how can we make this scene funny? What should we give him? Oh, we'll give him a fish. <laughs> just the way you described it. It was just making me laugh so much in my head then. <laughs> It's just silly. It's just such silly humour. And that's why I like it. And, you know, that, the whole physicality of those two characters as well. You've got Stefan, who's kind of tall and spindly, and Hubert, who's short and, and fat. And he kind of goes up to him. Before he grabs the fish, he kind of sticks out his big fat stomach and pushes Stefan with his belly. And that's quite funny too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so in the silver spot on my list, number two, I've got a moment that I think... Again, arguably one of the funniest Disney moments. Um, another fairly modern one, and it is from Big Hero 6, and it is Baymax's low battery scene. So this is the scene I'm talking about. They've just had that bit in the warehouse, um, some great comedy moments in there, you know, where um, Hero's trying to get Baymax to go fast, and Baymax can't, and then he's trying to push him out of the window, and he can't, so Baymax has to deflate. And then they go to report it to the police and Baymax is there blowing up his arms <laughs> and then he's got the air coming out of them and the police officer just hands him the sellotape and he does like one arm and then the other. So much hilarity building up to this moment. But the bit I'm talking about is where Bay Baymax suddenly has low battery and he almost becomes in a drunken state. And I think this is just such brilliant adult humour. I think it's funny for kids as well, but I think for adults, it's so relatable. And I love Disney films where they do really appeal to adults in this way. I mean, we've all been in that position. We've either been that person that your friend is struggling to get home up the stairs without waking up the whole household, or we've been in Hero's position where, you know, we've had one too many, or our friend has had two, one too many, and we're trying to drag them home after a night out, not wake up the whole household, get them to bed in one piece. Um, and it's just so relatable. And Baymax is there with his droopy eyes. Hero's trying to get him to be quiet. You know, you've got that bit where he's like, we jumped out a window. And then Hero's like, shh, 
we jumped out our window. It's so funny. Um, and then you've got the aunt who is there and Hero's trying to sneak him past. And Baymax is getting all giggly as he's trying to, you know, crashing up the stairs, banging into everything. Oh, it's just absolutely brilliant, that bit. Hairy baby. <laughs> yes. Hairy baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's brilliant. I agree. I think that the first time I saw Big Hero 6, again, it was one of these movies that I was just blown away with the emotion. Like I cried when there were deaths. I laughed when Baymax was being ridiculous. You know, the the physical comedy that a large marshmallow inflated balloon-like character can give you. I think Disney really stretched as much as they could. And this is a really good example of that. Absolutely. Go on then, Mercedes. What is your funniest Disney moment? So again, similarly to The Fish in Sleeping Beauty, this is another one that I think is very me. It's very my humour. And we have actually spoken about it on the Chat Disney podcast in the past. So if you guess this before I reveal it, big, big kudos to you. So my funniest Disney moment is from the one that started them all, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And it's the moment where the animals are kind of, they've all gone upstairs to see Snow White and the turtle, bless him. The turtle has given us so much comedy already where he's kind of struggling to fit in with the other animals because he's slow. Again, Disney using observation comedy. What do we know about a tortoise? It is slow. And they use that to create this fantastic comedy. He's using his teeth, bless him. He clamps onto each step with his teeth. He's trying all these different mechanisms to get to the top of the stairs. And then what happens? He gets to the top of the stairs And all the animals race back down because the dwarves are coming home. They push the poor little tortoise back down to the bottom of the stairs. And it is just classic Disney, what Disney do best. Laugh out loud comedy. That movie came out in 1937 and it's got like three or four different funny moments on this list. It really has stood the test of time. And for me, the poor old turtle struggle going up the stairs is my funniest Disney moment. Again, yeah, and I think a very overlooked moment. And it is it is amazing, really, because as I said, you know, at the beginning, I never think of that film as a particularly funny film or, or any of those sort of older Disney classics, but there is so much comedy. There's a lot of slapstick in that film, a lot of simple observations, as you say, that Disney have really played on to bring humour and so simple, but so effective. Funny for adults, funny for kids, funny for your gran, your grandpa. Just, yeah, absolute comedy gold from that film. Absolutely. So Tash, what have you got in top spot for us? So in top spot for me, this was very, very easy. This one was without question. And it is the scene from Toy Story 3 where Mr. Potato Head becomes a tortilla. (laughs) This bit for me is just, I remember the first time seeing it in the cinema and absolutely cracking up. I mean, I love that we get a lot of comedy from Mr. Potato Head anyway. You know, he takes himself quite seriously. He's quite kind of a staunch, strong character. You know, he doesn't take any rubbish from anyone and quite takes himself quite seriously, I'd say. But in doing so, provides so much comedy by the fact that, you know, his eyes, his ears and arms can fall out at any time. 
Um, and then you've got the juxtaposition of him with Mrs. Potato Head, who's kind of this overbearing, loving wife. Um, I think they're brilliant together. But this scene, um, obviously, it's, <laughs> they're trying to escape out of the sunny side, sunny side daycare centre. Um, and we kind of know what's about to happen. So he's been put into the sandbox by Big Baby. Um, and then you see him kind of punch a hole out and look around with his eye. And Jesse kind of slides him the tortilla under the door. And so you see his kind of his limbs and everything kind of crawl over to the tortilla. You know what's about to happen. But when he turns around and he's got, you know, these lopsided eyes, I love that he's still wearing his hat. Brilliant. Doesn't need it. But there it is. I just think it's so funny. And then you've got that kind of, I can't really explain it, but you, if you've seen it, you know what I mean. That way he moves, like where the kind of tortillas flopping all over the show. He climbs up onto the windowsill and then he gets destroyed by that bird. Just absolutely hilarious, but you've still got classic Mr. Potato Head, you know, kind of taking it all very seriously there. Absolutely love it. And then it ends up, you know, the tortilla gets ripped to shreds. So what's his next alternative? Oh, there's a vegetable patch over there. Oh, there's a cucumber. And you get that bit where, again, you know what's going to happen. You see that um, silhouette of the cucumber walking up to the toys and you know it's going to be him. But as soon as you kind of see that it is him, just absolutely hilarious. I completely agree. I think this is definitely worthy of the top spot. As Tash said, you know, it's quite difficult sometimes when we're going through this list because when you see a gag for the first time, you know, it's never going to be as funny as it was that first time. And I remember seeing Toy Story 3 at the cinema and I don't think I've ever laughed as much in the cinema as I did at that revelation with the tortilla. So, so funny. And Yes, you're right, Tash. The first time you see it, you think, well, what's he playing out here? Because Pixar have never used that idea of attaching the Mr. Potato parts to another object. And somebody obviously came up with that in some sort of brainstorming meeting and they were like, oh, yes, we're onto gold here. What's the funniest thing it could be? A cucumber, a banana, a tortilla. Like, you can just imagine the conversation that was had and you kind of, what's, what's going on here? And you see the arms move and you see the tortilla... Right, okay, you're still not getting it. And then all of a sudden you see the little, the ends of the body parts, like the little knobs kind of sticking through the tortilla and it all comes together and then we get that beautiful revelation. And Tash explains it brilliantly, the way he flops in his movement. It almost kind of looks like stop motion. It's like a little bit delayed and it's just very different from the rest of the Toy Story 3 style. And I think that makes it even more comedic, fantastic moment absolutely yeah kills me every time that one so that concludes our list for today we do hope that you enjoyed it we do hope that it has brightened your monday morning or whatever day you are listening to this on um as always please do get in touch and let us know what your funniest disney moment is have we massively overlooked some here you can of course as always reach us on instagram at chat disney or feel free to send us a tweet at chat disney uk we're now going to move on to the final part of our episode, What's This? What is this? So What's This is a little game we like to play whereby one of us finds an item to do with Disney. It could be anything. It could be a film. It could be a character. It could be a ride. It could be a food item. Anything at all. And the other one has 60 seconds to try and work out what that item is. Um, so this week, Mercedes, I've got one for you. I'm going to put one minute on the stopwatch. Are you ready? 
I am very ready. I'm very excited. It's been a while since we've played What's This? It has indeed, hasn't it? Okay, so your time starts in three, two, one. Is it a character? No. Is it a movie? No. Is it a ride? No. Is it a... Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it might be in a movie. It might be in something. Is it a prop? Kind of. It's an object. Yes. Okay. Is it from a movie that we've spoken about today? Yes. Is it from a Pixar movie? Yes. Is it a tortilla? No. Okay. Is it from Toy Story 3? Um, no, I don't think it's in Toy Story 3. Is it in Toy Story? Yes. Is it The Claw? Yes. Yay. Yay. Well done. 42 seconds. Very good. Well, I struggled at the beginning there. I was like, if it's not a character, it's not a film, it's not a park. What is what it? What is it? Oh, yeah. Thinking outside the box this week. Very good. I like it a lot. If you have got anything that you would like featured on the show, remember you can always send us an email as well. You can reach us at chatdisneyuk at gmail.com. If you want to send us a little audio clip just to say hi, then we will always feature those in the episode too. So yeah, thinking outside the box there, Tash. See what I did? other alternative ways to (laughs) contact us lovely well done so we do hope that you enjoyed this week's episode do tune in next week where we will be bringing you more chat disney goodness we will see you then bye thank you goodbye now goodbye goodbye thank you goodbye